I had not the faintest idea how to start my own website or build a brand. So I had to learn. People sometimes they think that they like see all need the data inside the Amazon, but it's not true. I knew what I was trying to achieve: a suite of products under this one brand to solve problems for a particular group of people. Welcome to Dr. Amazon Podcast, the emergency support channel for FBA private label sellers. We invite top Amazon experts to share the most efficient tips and tricks for your businesses. My name is Vitaly Hizniak and I am the CGO of Profit Wales. And let's get started. Who classic millennial entrepreneurs are? They start business from a laptop, travel a lot and choose an easygoing life. Today we are going to chat with an almost classic millennial, but with a slight difference. He grew international seven-figure brand and achieved the profitable exit after three years. What is the secret of success? Let's ask Ben Leonard. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Amazon podcast. Today we are talking about building, scaling and selling brands and businesses with the real cool man that have got this successful journey. And there is a Ben Leonard, e-commerce consultant, entrepreneur, speaker and co-founder of Ecom Brokers. Hey Ben, nice to meet you. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course, that is a pleasure for us. Uh, we could, we have a confused situation that we have like two boats with Ali uh, during this week on fighting who should uh, get you on the podcast. And finally, we got you on the Dr. Amazon. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> ben, uh, we starting with like typical question as your success story. Yeah, but I think that we will cover these questions during the our podcast like the whole because that will be i guess as the main topic on starting the business building the brands and selling this brand so could you please tell me you're one of the main representatives of like millennials and mm. uh did you get a chance to start like uh maybe before you start the, your personal brands did you have a job yeah sure my background before i got into e-commerce was was not at all in business My job uh, was I was an environmental uh, consultant. Um, I studied zoology and ecology at university. And so my job, I, I come from a town in Scotland, which is uh, famous for the oil industry. And my job was uh, actually to advise oil companies on how to um, stay inside of the environmental regulations and, and not break them um, and to help them to get a bit greener. Uh, which was completely different to e-commerce. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I did have a job. That is great. And uh, I knew that uh, a lot of like people uh, right now, they they have some concerns about the e-commerce, like the general. Some 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 people there think that it is easy to get started. It's so easy to start with the laptop sitting somewhere on the ballet, for example, and to launch your products. Yeah, it's like mm. in a few clicks. But other people, they think that it's too hard to do. So uh, what do you think about that? How did you start your own story with the e-commerce brand? Yeah, and uh, uh, maybe do you remember your main concerns about that? Yeah, sure. So you're right. A lot of people get into e-commerce because they have some kind of belief that They're going to live the laptop lifestyle. Um, I don't think that exists. And it's certainly not why I got into e-commerce. Um, I stumbled into e-commerce because I got really ill. I got really sick with a heart problem. 
And I had to stop doing my fitness hobbies for about nine months whilst I got better. So no more weightlifting, no more CrossFit, no more boxing. I'm, I'm fine now, but I, I had to take a break and I needed something to fill my time. And I decided to create a brand of fitness products. And at that time, I had never heard about selling on Amazon. I had not the faintest idea how to start my own website or build a brand. So I had to learn. But I didn't get into it because I thought, thought that I could uh, sit on a beach in Bali and, and sell stuff on the internet. Uh, I got into it because I needed a ho- I needed something to do. Uh, it was just a, a project. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess one of the like success points <coughs> here uh, is your product that you have choose. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I guess like the the uh, like the category. Yeah, the the niche that uh, you start working with. So you do have some experience in sports. Then you got a post about that and launch your own brand in this niche, but uh, without like uh, uh, niche, I mean the, the product, right? Yeah. So how, how did you start it? Yeah, so, you know, what I advise people to do is to start, uh, a, 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 when you're getting started in e-commerce, create a brand around something that you're passionate in. And I was I am still passionate in uh, fitness training and sports. So I did, I did a lot of CrossFit, boxing, weightlifting at the time. And so I, I created products that I needed myself because I understood what the customer wanted and the problems that they needed to solve. So I created a, a suite of products, a group of products to solve related problems and to be um, a, a brand for that type of person. And when you do that, um, you better understand the needs of the customers. And so you can build a brand that, that uh, meets those needs. I really like the idea that you right now are saying that you start doing a brand, yeah? And mm-hmm. on the beginning, because uh, right now people, a lot of people, they start selling products and then they try to create a brand around them, yeah? yeah. Just to add some of these. So uh, how did you start, for example, maybe you have some plans about the marketing on the long term for these products, yeah? Because uh, you got this post for nine months and you start uh, taking part in the e-commerce with all these products. Uh, did you get any like ideas, like the final result that you would like to achieve, for example, in one year? Um, yes and no. <laughs> so when I started, I had, you know, I started as a hobby and I hoped that I would earn myself some extra pocket money. Um, and I was just going to see where it, it went. You know, it turns out I was very good and I ended up quitting my job and I grew the business to, to mid seven figures. But um, so, so, I, I didn't have an end game in sight in terms of that, but I did have an idea that it wasn't going to be successful if I just sold stuff. Like I couldn't just sell random products. It needed to make sense and it needed to make sense to my customer. And luckily that customer was, was me. So I knew that I wanted to create a brand um, from the start. And of course you can't, unless you have a lot of money um, and I did, didn't, you can't just launch a brand from the start, because you'd probably be starting with one, maybe two products. But I knew that, so the brand was called Beast Gear. And so the first product was a a, a skipping rope or a jump rope for Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was called the Beast Rope. And as the brand developed, most of the products in the Beast Gear brand were called the Beast something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like the weightlifting sleeves were the Beast sleeves. The barbell grips were called 
beast grips. You get the idea, right? So from that point of view, I knew what I was trying to achieve, a suite of products under this one brand to solve problems for a particular group of people. Mm -hmm. That's great. And uh, I think that this approach just helps you to be unique uh, in this niche. I mean, uh, in the case of the keywords, in the case of your listings and all this stuff, because people start searching, I guess, more and more. You you could get a volume, yeah, of searching exactly your keywords. That's that is somehow it's it's like your your brand keywords, yeah. That that includes uh, your your yeah main main keywords from your brand. Yeah, and that's right. So th- there is like one of the approaches that you have added into the marketing. Maybe something more uh, in the case of marketing as the branding, maybe the marketing as the, maybe your own website. What were your next steps? Yeah, on growing your brand. So there was, I guess, you know, there, there were several things, but. Um, Two, two ways that the, the business scaled. One way was obviously adding related products. So after somebody has bought one of my products, it's not particularly likely that they're going to buy it again unless they need another one or they want to buy a gift or the product reaches the end of its natural lifespan. But typically that's a long time because they were quality products. So I needed to launch more products for the same person to buy more stuff. So that was method one. Method two was more marketplaces. Mm -hmm. So I launched in the UK and then it was a case of, right, let's go across Europe. So France, Germany, Italy, Spain. Um, Now you can sell in the Netherlands and Sweden. I had customers from Poland and the Czech Republic as well, buying from Amazon Germany. Mm-hmm. Then I launched in the Middle East. So Amazon United Arab Emirates. I launched in Australia. Um, although the last two, Middle East and Australia, um, I only launched briefly before I sold the business. But still, nonetheless, it was the, the, those two things of more products for the same person and find more people in more countries is how, mm-hmm. how, to, how I scaled the business. That's great. I, I like the idea with like diversity, yeah, because uh, yeah. there, there's somehow that you could increase your sales and control and to see what exactly you should improve and to do. And uh, yeah, th- that is great. And uh, if we speak about uh, your uh, uh, like main main approach, when did you get uh, this like uh, main uh, ring bell? Uh, when uh, you understand that it's not your hobby, yeah, that is somehow mm. became the main business. Uh, when was, uh, what was, yeah, this, this like uh, bell for you? Yeah, it was funny. I, I remember when I launched in at the start, I started the business. I, I sold my first product to, to, to a stranger on the internet in June, 2016. And I remember whilst I was launching the first product, I said to my girlfriend, who's now my wife, I explained to her that, um, for a little while, quite a few of the sales were going to come from my friends and family to help get the business going. Right. And, and every day I would look at my phone or I'd look at the computer and I would say, Oh, I sold, you know, I sold six skipping ropes today. I sold seven skipping ropes today. And every day she'd say, and how many of those were from friends and how many were real? And I would say, you know, uh, half of them were from friends. And I remember I got to the day where I said to her, I sold 15 skipping ropes today. And she said, and how many were from friends? And I said, zero. And I knew then that I was onto something. So that was, you know, 2016. I, I quit my job in mid, mid 2018, mm-hmm. but really I could have quit six months earlier, maybe even a year earlier. The reason I didn't was I was quite risk averse and 
at that point, it was still sustainable. I was still able to run the business in my spare time mm -hmm. and take my income from my job. So I didn't have to take any money out of the business, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, not take any money out of the business for as long as possible, which mm -hmm. is why I didn't, I didn't quit my job until mid 2018. That's great. And, uh, that, that helped you to, to like reinvest every time. Yeah. And, uh, increase yeah. your inventory yep. to launch new products. Everything went right back into the business. Yep. That is great. Yeah, I, I like this idea because right now a lot of uh, sellers, they try to do so. I mean that uh, you every time working with your cash flow. Yeah, because it's your, I guess, like main pain point that could be uh, when you start working with a new products to launch with the inventory management and all this stuff. Well, one main point that you would like to like solve is your inventory, uh, uh, your cash flow. Yeah. And uh, great. Uh, but uh, when did you get like this... Uh, maybe proposal, yeah, on selling your business or idea for selling your business? How did you get on it? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a good question. Um, so when I started the business, it was a hobby and I hoped it would just make me some extra income. The idea of turning that business into a valuable asset that I could sell did not occur to me. And I think that's the case for most people, probably almost all people starting an e-commerce business in 2016. Because back then, very, very few e-commerce businesses were bought or sold. Mm -hmm. But in early 2019, I became aware that selling an e-commerce business was becoming more mainstream and possible. Uh, and and it's, it's even more mainstream now, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife was pregnant. We wanted to move house. I just turned 30. And I knew that I could take significant money off the table if I sold the business or if I started to plan to sell the business. Also, the growth of the business was crazy. It was going mad. And mm -hmm. um, it was just me and a team of three freelancers, remote freelancers. And I had a choice. I could make plans to sell the business or I could would have to significantly invest in building a team, possibly creating an office, whether in my home country or, or abroad. Mm -hmm. And at that point in my life, considering what I thought I could sell the business for, I felt like the best thing was to take the money off the table and make my family financially secure. Mm -hmm. So I think February, 2019, I contacted a, a broker mm -hmm. and uh, I started to, to do the process of getting the business ready to sell. I, I read a book called Built to Sell by mm -hmm. a guy called John Warrillow. It's a great book. Yeah. And um, I got in touch with this broker. And this broker was okay. They, um, they logged into my seller central and they pulled down some reports. Mm -hmm. And they logged into my Shopify site and they pulled down some reports. And they crunched some numbers and they valued my business based, basically on an average of, of what the, the market dictated at that point. Mm -hmm. and, but that was all they did. They didn't do any work to position my business mm -hmm. uh, for the best possible deal. They didn't particularly crunch the numbers very well. They actually made several mistakes that my accountant found. So I negotiated down their commission. Uh, and they didn't really help me to prepare other than, you know, they just introduced me to a buyer. And I'm grateful mm -hmm. for that. You know, that was good. But at the end of that process, I realized and my accountant, who happens to have 20 years experience in mergers and acquisitions, um, 
her name's Allison, we realized that we actually together could do a better job of the broker. So we created our own brokerage. Mm -hmm. So instead of just being a middleman, we have me on the e-commerce side who knows how to build and scale and sell an e-commerce brand. And I'm still doing it now. I'm building new brands now. And Allison, who has 20 years experience in mergers and acquisitions, and she's an e-commerce accountant. Mm -hmm. And when you put those two things together, it means that we're perfectly positioned to help people prepare to sell and then sell and get the best possible deal rather than just kind of like flipping a business um, mm -hmm. and putting it on, slapping it on a website and listing it. So yeah, that, that's what happened. Have you done any steps on pre, like preparation step for selling the business? Yeah. After you have spoke to the brokers. Sorry, which business? Beast Gear? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so the broker that I, I worked with, you know, they were okay. You know, they introduced me to the buyer and I'm grateful for that. But most of the work in terms of getting it prepared to sell was off my own back. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in, uh, in combination with, with my accountant, who's now my business partner in Ecom Brokers. So that was basically getting a, a head start on the, um, the due diligence process. Mm -hmm. So when somebody sells a business, they're going to go through a process called due diligence, which is where the potential buyer will uh, have a period of exclusivity during which time you can't market your business to anyone else. So that, and it's usually around 30 days, sometimes significantly less so that they can, um, take a really close look at everything to do with your business, literally everything, because of course, if they're going to spend a lot of money on your business, they need to know that everything is okay. So in e-com brokers, we help people get a head start on that due diligence process so that their business is really neat and tidy. Because you find, you'll see it all the time. A lot of e-commerce businesses, they have amazing Amazon listings. Their Shopify site is beautiful. Their Instagram is amazing. Their YouTube channel is incredible. But you look underneath and it is a mess. Mm -hmm. You got Google Sheets over here. You got um, Evernote over here. You got stuff saved on some random hard drive. It's messy. The accounts are terrible. Yeah. And so when due diligence happens, either the buyer says, no, thank you. This is, we're not touching it. Mm -hmm. Or they uncover stuff that, that isn't great and they're going to negotiate a discount. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you get a head start on that due diligence and you get your business really neat and tidy and built to sell, some great things happen. One is your business naturally scales because it's, uh, it's running so much smoother. It's like a well-oiled machine. It's like an mm -hmm. engine that is looked after by the mechanic. And the other great thing is that that due diligence process by the buyer is so much smoother and easier. There's nothing to mm -hmm. worry about. It's much less intense. So the buyer is much happier and they're much more likely to give you the full value that your business is worth. And the process is going to be a lot less painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is great. And I, I like the idea that everything should be uh, like organized and optimized inside your business, not yeah. only uh, as your main like listings, Shopify website and stuff like that, but in the case of the numbers, because we do have the same mass in the case of like the PPC, because uh, people sometimes they think that they like 
see all the data inside the Amazon, but it's not true. Yeah, if you have AMS inside your campaigns, you have AMS in the case of your main indicators that you're following. So yeah. that, that, that is great. And I like the idea of like this due diligence and have people start preparing that and absolutely sure that uh, you should use a consulting here or uh, auditing company that could help you to prepare everything for that uh, or double check or double check everything that you have. That is, pretty, that, that is really cool. And uh, after, after you have sell like your, your business, how did you come back? Uh, you have mentioned that right now you are working on creating new brands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's so difficult to do it like right now, not in like 2016 or 17, mm. something like that. But now how did you start that? How did you uh, make these moves into creating a new brand? Sure. So I, I think it's always important, and we spoke a little bit about it earlier, that you build a brand around something that you're passionate about. So mm -hmm. that you, for two reasons. One is you need to have the energy to get up in the morning and work on your business. And if, if, uh, if you don't care about it, if it's not a topic you're interested in, you're not going to do that. But the second is you need to position your brand and, and yourself as an authority on that topic. So I was very interested in fitness, so I was able to position the brand as a, an authority on fitness. So it was very easy for me to choose my next step. Um, we have a daughter. She's two years old. I spotted a gap in the market for some certain products for parents. Now, there's a lot of generic baby, child, parent brands out there. So I'm not interested in doing that. But an important lesson I learned with the first brand is that the higher the barrier to something, the better the reward on the other side. and. When I started Beast Gear, I was sourcing skipping ropes for a few dollars. Mm -hmm. But now that I've sold Beast Gear, I have the capital to fund launching products that cost a lot more than $2. Mm -hmm. So now I'm about to launch products that I'm buying for more like $30 per unit. And not many people can do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a high barrier. But the reward on the other side of that barrier is a marketplace that's much less saturated with less competition. The, the second part to that is instead of just launching a generic product off the shelf, I've worked with a top designer and I've paid about $10,000 for them to help me design this product so that it will be better than everything else. So again, it's a high barrier, but when you overcome that barrier, the... Um, the landscape on the other side is, is a lot different. It's a little bit like, imagine there's a mountain in front of you and you know that the, on the other side of that mountain is a beautiful uh, valley full of food, lovely place, you know, imagine you're a caveman, lovely places to eat and sleep and a, a wonderful landscape. You just have to overcome the mountain first and nobody else can be bothered doing it. But if you do it, the reward on the other side is worth it. So that's the philosophy I'm taking forward to my new projects. Now, Ben, I would be glad to know more about you personally, because uh, you uh, you share a lot of info about the Amazon, about the e-commerce, about the mindset, how to do it correctly, and the main steps that you uh, want to cover when you do and uh, working with the Amazon businesses. But could you please recommend to us, uh, for example, a book or the uh, some audio, uh, like a podcast or maybe a film that uh, would be useful for our audience? Sure. Uh, so I mentioned one book earlier, which was Built to Sell by John mm -hmm. Warrillo. Uh, another great book. Um, it's quite new. 
Um, it's called 12 Months to $1 Million by Ryan Daniel Moran. Um, I basically followed that formula. The book came out after I sold my business, but I wish I'd written it. It basically, it's basically pretty much what I did. Mm -hmm. um, now, the title of that book is a little bit corny. It's a little bit like the four hour work week. You know, everybody's heard of the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's no such thing as a four hour work week. I'm afraid it's not true, but uh, it's still a good book. Uh, the same with 12 months to a million dollars. I think it's going to be difficult to get your brand to a million dollars in 12 months. It's definitely possible, mm -hmm. but it's difficult. But nonetheless, the book basically provides the step-by-step -step formula to mm -hmm. build a brand, launch it on the internet in e-commerce and get it to seven figures revenue. Now, Great. obviously revenue is a vanity number. What's really important is profit, but nonetheless, it's a great book. 12 months to a million dollars. I guess we will add this book into our description and uh, we'll absolutely take and control this book. And uh, if we speak about the Amazon, uh, what is the trends do you see for the next period of time? For example, for the next year? Yeah, it's a really interesting space to be in because so many more sellers are coming in because they've realized that e-commerce is the place to be. We've known for some time, you and I, but now with the pandemic, everyone's thinking, hmm, I should be online more. Um, It's going to be fascinating. We've got more and more sellers coming in. What I see happening is Amazon continuing to exploit new places. So we've just seen Amazon launch in Poland, where Allegro was the big one. Now um, Amazon is in there, and we'll see what happens there. And I, I, I see Amazon continuing to move further to the uh, east and further to the south. Mm -hmm. So that is... Uh, is going to be interesting to watch and I'm eager to see where they launch next. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, the main thing in case of the diversity of the Amazon, that could be uh, somehow that uh, e-commerce could, could like run the next period of time, right? Yeah. Amazon's going to continue to march into, into more countries, but I think it's also important that people remember that Amazon is not the only marketplace there. <laughs> right. You know, sell on your own website. That's very important. Build your own assets, but it's, You know, I think it's impossible to ignore marketplaces. So mm -hmm. if you have an opportunity to get onto another marketplace, that's not Amazon. It might not be so, so big, but uh, th there'll be probably less competition there. So yeah. if you are in, living in a place where you can go onto another marketplace, definitely do that. There's uh, lots of opportunities in South America for different marketplaces mm -hmm. and in, uh, in Central and Eastern Europe. Okay, and the last question for today, who should be the next guest for the Dr. Amazon podcast? Who should be the next guest? Uh, the next guest, that should be my business partner, Alison Walker. <laughs> and the re and you know, I'm, I'm not kidding, right? I know that might sound like I'm biased, but here's the reason. Uh, a lot of, of uh, so in addition to being my partner in the brokerage, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she is an expert in uh, accounts mm -hmm. and a lot of e-commerce sellers really neglect their accounts they they first of all they try to do it themselves and then what the so that's mistake number one and then mistake number two is they hire an accountant who might be a perfectly fine accountant mm -hmm. but they they only have experience in dealing with traditional businesses the butcher mm -hmm. the baker the candlestick maker they don't know about e-commerce and later Couple years down the line, when you want to sell your business, you're going to really regret that because your accounts are going to be not structured properly to optimize 
valuing your business to get a sale. So that's why I think she would be a great guest. That is great. And uh, I knew that you have a great story together in a case, your Amazon brand that you have selling. Now you do the great uh, moves in the case of the uh, e-com broker. So I would be glad to have her here. So and, sure. yeah, uh, I'll uh, happily introduce you. Of course. Yeah. So thank you so much, Ben, for this podcast. Thank you for sharing all these tips and tricks for our audience. I hope that that will absolutely help them to make all these moves and steps in the case of the e-commerce and Amazon and uh, to see like uh, all opportunities that they could cover and to do as soon as possible. So thank you, Ben, for that. No, pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that is all for today's Dr. Amazon episode. Do not miss our future arrivals with the new hot topics. Press the like button, leave us a comment below and don't forget to subscribe. We will come back to you shortly.